Jimmy Stewart stepped down last week from performing the duties of Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness. It marks another turnover and a continued lack of leadership in one of the Defense Department's most important roles. Federal News Network Scott Mossioni joins me with more about what the vacancy means and what the future is for that position. And Scott, I guess we could say Jimmy Stewart was not even acting in that position, pun intended. That's right. It's a very uh, apt name for the holiday season. But yeah, he was he was the performing the duties of uh, for his his position, and he stepped down. He retired. Uh, no big uh, issues going on there. But but when they are performing the duties, that means they can't be acting. That's, That's like right. The alternative to being the acting, yes. whatever. And it actually has less uh, powers than the acting as well. So the acting can only do so much and performing the duties, once again, can only do so much without having a higher authority like the deputy defense secretary, uh, you know, sign off on that sort of information. So what, what we found is that this position, bottom line, has not had a confirmed person basically in five years. There's been one stint of about eight months when Robert Wilkie, who's the current secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs, was in charge and was confirmed and briefly from November 2017 until July 2018 held that role. But except for that, it's been all uh, acting or performing the the, uh, the duties of and the next person in line will be Matt Donovan, who is the current undersecretary of the Air Force, and he will now go on to be the um, the acting for this role of personnel and readiness. And why did Stewart leave? He was just retiring. It was his time. It was something that he had put in uh, beforehand and, and just said, uh, you know, this is my, my due date. So there's this kind of um, musical chairs of people going from the armed services to the Pentagon, and nobody ever quite settles in for any length of time. Tell us more about the job, though, the Undersecretary for Personnel and Readiness. What is the portfolio? Right. It's it's actually humongous, and it's something that's been around since the Clinton administration. That's when it really started. But what they handle is uh, health issues for the military. So that includes the Defense Health Agency, which is going under a huge reconsolidation right now and, and taking on some of the military treatment facilities from the service. Services. They deal with social issues. So if you think of the uh, transgender issue that's been uh, you know, going through the, the Defense Department for a while now, all the commissaries in the, the military, education for military children, readiness and lethality, which are big issues for the, defense, uh, the national defense strategy under Jim Mattis, and also civilian employees. So this is no small job by any means. This, in fact, affects literally every person in the military. We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni. And yes, especially when you throw in civilian employees, hundreds of thousands of people affected. Right. And you have this consolidation of the fourth estate that they've been talking about, which in some sense they're always talking about, but it's heated up now. So that is a big portfolio. And how are they managing in the absence of anyone permanent in this position with all this ferment going on, both in the uniformed and civilian sides here? Right. Well, luckily, they've had some really serious career professionals in the position. If you look back to the Obama administration, there was Brad Carson, who was a former House of Representatives. But not only that... He was someone that architected the force of the future, which pushed for more maternity leave, for open uh, promotion systems, lots of more heady ideas that were looking toward helping retain and recruit more people into the military. From there, you know, we've had Jimmy Stewart, like I said, who was a career professional, someone who served in the Air Force. And also he happened to be the uh, actually confirmed assistant secretary for manpower and reserve affairs. And then now we have Matt Donovan, who is uh, also, you know, a career person. So luckily they've had people that can really hold down the fort. 
But like I said before, the vacancies and the performing the duties and acting positions, they really need to go to higher people when they need certain Title X uh, authorities and, and things like that. So it's more work for the deputy defense secretary or the chief management officer, depending who they're they're talking about. But what I've heard from experts is that there's just not a lot of appetite for the position, clearly because it's it's so big and not everyone wants it. And also personnel tends to be a little bit of an ignored position uh, and, and topic within not only the military, but government in general. Now, is this position, the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, that's a presidential appointee and Senate confirmed? Right. It's, a, it's an Undersecretary of Defense. So it's pretty big. And, um, you know, the undersecretaries are really right under the Deputy Secretary of Defense. So it's they're the, the first line of defense, one might say. Yeah. So anyone in line for this? No, not currently. Um, but what what a lot of people are saying, and a lot of experts that I talk to, is that there's a few options that they're pushing around for the, for the future of this position. One of those is pushing the authorities down to the assistant secretaries of defense. So getting rid of the uh, undersecretary position altogether. One of those there's three under there's three assistant secretaries that are underneath the undersecretary, one of them being Manpower and Reserve Affairs. Um, that's something that Todd Weiler, who was the former uh, Manpower and Reserve Affairs Assistant Secretary under oh, the Obama administration, said he thought that you know undersecretaries have too much power right now. It's consolidated up there, and uh, it's better when it's pushed down to, to lower levels. So people would be more likely to want the job and to stick around in the job if they had more authority. And we're not two levels below the secretary, you're saying. Right. And and even if they are, you would have a much smaller portfolio that you would deal with. I mean, you know, like I said, this this is such a broad issue that, that everyone has to, to go through that you might not be as interested in, in covering such a, you know, health commissary education. It's so many different, you know, desperate things that, um, you know, that, that you might not have one person that can handle all of that. Well, also, you've got the interaction with the armed services themselves, which have their own personnel policies and requirements and plans and training and all of this. And they've got people in management positions at the civilian level and at the uniform level. So there's a matrix you're dealing with besides having all that portfolio. It's also a complicated management structure where you don't exactly have say fully over anything. And there's a lot of people that can resist and say no from the armed services and from some of the big component agencies. That's right. It's, it's a very headquartered type uh, position. And, and um, but, you know, like I said, you know, there are things that permeate through all the military services in this sort of joint perspective, which is where they, they come together. And especially now that the Defense Health Agency is taking over a lot of their uh, their positions and, and, and military treatment facilities from the services, that's that's adding more to the personnel and readiness portfolio. Where's this all heading? Right. So, you know, as I said, there was the, the undersecretary. That's one possibility is getting rid of it. And another person that I talked to was Todd Harrison at CSIS and Mackenzie Eaglin at the American Enterprise Institute. They had a, a similar uh, feeling as, as Todd Weiler did, which is that in 2021, it's really the perfect time for Mark Esper, the defense secretary, to look at this issue and say, all right, maybe it's time that we reorganize organize this 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 position. Um, I also talked talk to Arnold Panaro, who's a former military uh, general and former Marine Corps general and uh, the CEO of the Panaro Group. He said, you know, it's it's an important job and pushing that authority down may not be the best idea, right? So he's kind of balancing things out a little bit. He said by pushing down that authority, it's going to have more issues going up to the uh, chief management officer and the deputy defense secretary. So playing to chew over in the next year. Federal News Network Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. 
A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.